Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning. You're listening to Holding Ground here on KKNW. I'm your host, Laura Richer. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today we have a really great show for you. Today I'm speaking with one of Anchor Light's own therapists, Ashlyn Graff. And today me and Ashlyn are going to be talking about the difference between confidence and narcissism. So Ashlyn, thank you for joining me today. You bring a great topic to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I was listening to a training and kind of heard that comment of like, oh, I'm going to be a narcissist um, after just kind of describing like what might be liking yourself. So um, that kind of inspired me to to talk about this topic. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's a really important topic to discuss in, in a therapeutic setting because there is some confusion around what is narcissism and what is just having like healthy confidence or, or healthy self-esteem. So Tell me a little bit about that. What, why does this topic stand out to you so much? Yeah, um, well, I think that like individuals that might have lower self-esteem can struggle to gain that confidence and feel like they're being like conceited or full of themselves or narcissistic um, when they do take efforts in, in like gaining more self-esteem. Um, so it feels really worthwhile to discuss and define these terms so that our clients and our listeners can have a better understanding of like what these things actually mean. Yeah. Do you have any examples of a client that maybe you've worked with who was fearful that they were narcissistic when in fact they were just displaying healthy confidence? Uh, probably. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I know that I do. I have a lot of times people question if they're they're narcissists because they're just kind of trying to consider what their own um, best interest might be in a situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do think that people kind of get this idea of um, that 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 almost like self care is selfish idea, mm. which um, is not true. And putting yourself first tends to actually build sustainability to be better to others, rather than um, rather than being selfish or narcissistic or anything like that. Yeah, if you can't be your best self, if you can't take care of yourself, you really can't. Eventually, you won't be able to give a lot to others. That's a really good point. So what what do you think are some of the key differences between having low self-esteem versus just having a positive sense of self? Yeah. Um, so I think like low self-esteem, um, when people have those, they might really struggle to see their personal strengths and their positive attributes, which everybody has. Mm -hmm. Some people just struggle seeing them. Um, they might struggle with things like depression and anxiety and tend to seek more outside validation. Um, they might struggle with setting and maintaining boundaries because they don't believe that they're worth having boundaries. Um, and I think individuals with like low self-esteem might describe themselves more as people pleasers. Um, and they are often not the people that they're pleasing. Um, confidence on the other hand, I think that has everything to do with that self-love. Um, individuals who accept and um, love themselves tend to hold their heads up high, set and maintain healthy boundaries, uh, have a good understanding of like their values and beliefs and keep those congruent with their actions. Uh, I think that self-care is really important for individuals with confidence and using that power to lift others up rather than to tear them down. Um, so, so I think that those are some of the key differences that I notice. 
And so what would, if you were looking at this and somebody said, Hey, I, I am concerned that I'm a narcissist because I'm trying to maintain a boundary of some sort that was really a healthy boundary that, that made sense. How would you explain to them that that was confidence versus narc? Like what, how is that different than narcissistic behavior? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think defining narcissism and what that actually means tends to be really helpful in that moment because narcissism has a lot more to do with a lack of empathy for the other person and also like an inability to really struggle to see anybody else's point of view as valid versus confidence. Um, I think that you can be confident and you can set boundaries and still care about other people and still try to find a bridge that like gaps compromise for both people um, in a in a problem. That makes sense. So, I mean, narcissism is a term that is thrown around all the time now. And while everyone has some narcissistic traits, some self-protective or self-interested traits, it's not necessarily a disorder unless it crosses a certain line. So what would make if we're talking about being a narcissistic narcissist in in a disordered way and having a personality disorder, what would that look like? Yeah. Um, so individuals with narcissistic personality disorder, typically they lack that empathy. Like I just said, um, they struggle to see other people's points of view as being valid. Um, they kind of might have like a my way or the highway kind of attitude mm. about things, um, which I've also heard called like a God complex because yeah. They tend to believe that they're superior to others. Uh, they also might be really charismatic, which could be masked as kindness until you like get to know that person better. Um, if I were defining it more specific to the DSM, um, some of those, those symptoms, so to say, are a grandiose sense of importance, fantasies of power, a sense of being really special, a sense of being entitled to things. Um, being willing to hurt or exploit others for their own benefit, uh, lacking empathy about others' feelings and needs, uh, believing others might be jealous of them or envious, and kind of having a sense of arrogance. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which all of those things are are different, I, in my opinion, much different than having just a general, like, healthy sense of confidence. So what are some tendencies that maybe some just people with healthy confidence might have? Yeah. Um, I would say that confident individuals tend to have like a good sense of self. They might know themselves pretty well um, and their values and morals that guide them through life. Uh, they might still feel insecure sometimes, but they're able to logically know that their insecurities don't necessarily always reflect reality. Um, I think a key difference is that confidence affects the self in a positive way, but doesn't affect others in a negative way. And so what I see often in, in my work with individuals is that I oftentimes I'll work more with people who um, are working through some of the impact that they, that they've had from being in relationship with somebody who has high narcissistic tendencies versus um, like a narcissist themselves, because like you pointed out, they don't typically see things from a different perspective than their own. So they might be less likely to engage in therapy or engage in therapy for long periods of time. So oftentimes I notice that it might be people who don't have confidence that, that connect with narcissists. Do you ever see that correlation? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and what I would, I would say most of the time. <laughs> and why do you, why do you think, explain for our listeners why that happens or why do you think that happens? Um, I think like narcissistic relationships do tend to be pretty 
predatory um, in the sense of like, they can often tell that that person isn't going to have strong boundaries because those relationships of people with strong boundaries versus people who try to push boundaries don't tend to last very long. Sure. So, so that can be something that happens. And again, I do think it's really important to differentiate that because narcissistic abuse is definitely a thing. However, um, there are differences between that and what some people describe as narcissism when it's really not. (laughs) So what are some examples of that? Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, of narcissistic abuse. No, when people are calling somebody a narcissist, I mean, often we'll see, you know, somebody will say my ex is a narcissist. I feel like most people I talk to, there is, they're not most, but many people I talk to that they believe that somebody that's hurt them in the past or they've engaged with in the past is in fact a narcissist. And that isn't always true. What are some of the behaviors that people that call out that in fact are maybe not what you necessarily want when you're engaging with someone, but are not um, DSM level narcissism? Yeah, I mean, I guess I think that varies um, depending on the person, but I I think behaviors they might call out is like uh, poor communication skills, um, struggling to understand the person's point of view rather than actually not having empathy for it. I think that's a a difference there. Mm -hmm. Um, Possibly engaging in behaviors that might be considered abusive in relationships, but maybe weren't intentional. Um, like, I guess there's like love bombing and, and gaslighting, um, gaslighting is typically more intentional, but might be unintentional. Um, so I think it really varies depending on like how much is present, what the severity is. And like, again, how many of those DSM pieces are there, um, as well as like, if there's a capability to really care about the other person (laughs) and empathy for what they're going through. Well, and that's, I think the key point that you bring up is somebody can have empathy without agreeing with, with your experience or agreeing with what you would like to do. Um, but they could still have empathy versus somebody with true narcissistic behavior, uh, is not going to be able to have empathy for somebody else's experience. So what are some other terms that might be, be associated, uh, with this topic where maybe somebody is really just being confident, but they're being called out in a negative way. What are some things people might say about them? Yeah. So, so I guess on the more negative end, you might hear like self-centered, selfish, conceited, shallow, vapid, um, on the more positive end, maybe like confident, prioritizing, uh, having self-love, um, trying to be in a sustainable relationship with yourself or other people. Um, and then having that self-esteem. Um, and I think like when people do start putting themselves first, uh, there can be a sense of guilt and shame Mm -hmm. around being self-centered. Um, especially like, which we can talk about in a little while, but like, I think in, in a lot of different cultures, there can be, um, like, it's not as valued to put yourself first. So it's, it is seen as those things too. Yes. And, you know, that can be especially challenging for people who identify as people pleasers, or they have been conditioned their whole life, whether it's through their culture or the culture of their family, um, that, that you're not nice if you have boundaries or, take good care of yourself. Yeah. Which is not true. (laughs) No. And in fact, it makes your life much easier in maybe when you're first implementing it, it can be a little bit difficult, especially if people are used to you showing up in a different way, but you will actually probably have a much more pleasant, joyful life. If you can take good care of yourself and have some, some good, healthy boundaries. So what, what are some things people could do if they, if they notice, you know, I, 
I want to be more confident, but sometimes I get confused about whether that is arrogance or confidence, or I just don't even know how to implement that. I don't know. It's so contrary to what I've been told or about how I should be or how I should show up in the world. What are some things that they can do to start, just get started? Yeah. So something that I really like to do in therapy is identifying an individual is ident- to identify an individual's strengths um, and aspects of themselves that they do like, because I think that like looking at things from a strengths-based approach um, is really important. Uh, not everybody has the same strengths. Not everybody is going to be good at the same things as somebody else. Um, so identifying what those are for that individual is really important. Um, I think asking for validation from people that they care about and they trust can still be helpful um, and trying to act in ways that feel congruent with who they are. Uh, I also think that like looking for representation in the media can help with like physical confidence in terms of like if you have a different body type um, or if your skin is a color that you don't see represented very often. I think that like finding a person that that you view as beautiful that looks like you can be really huge, um, which is super awesome thinking about like the new Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, sorry, went off on a yeah. No, I, I love that. No. And it's true. And it's true that I think that that's happening, not as much as it should, but it's happening more and more. And that with, with things in social media and, you know, we can access images and connect with, with people that might look more like us when in the past 20 years ago, you might not have found anybody who wasn't like six feet tall and a hundred pounds. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that that's, that's really special and important um, and great that we can do that now. Um, I also like the question a lot of like, would I care about this if I was thinking of my best friend? So like when people are being harsh on themselves and having those moments of like low, low self-esteem or, or negative thoughts of like, of like, do I care if like my, my friend um, is like, I don't know, has this physical appearance thing or, or made a mistake once (laughs) because the answer is usually almost always probably not. Right. Yeah. But yet we can just beat ourselves up endlessly for something that we wouldn't even care if somebody else did it or think less of them in any sort of way. Yeah. I love that. I mean, those are all great ways to build confidence, identify your strengths, the things about yourself that you like, act congruent with, with who you are. And I think part of that, as you mentioned earlier, is, is knowing what your boundaries are, knowing what you need to say yes to, and what you need to say no to, to really be able to take good care of yourself. So Mm -hmm. all good stuff that leads to positive health, uh, healthy self-esteem and confidence. So what kind of, if you were working with somebody, if you had a client come to you and they were really struggling with, uh, having a healthy self-esteem, what kind of therapeutic model would you use to try to help them improve? Yeah. Um, I think this is a place where cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, can be really helpful, uh, in terms of improving confidence as well as like self-esteem, um, and self-image, because it does really directly address that healthy and our unhealthy and unrealistic self-talk, um, and takes efforts to reframe in ways that are healthier and are more realistic. Uh, and I've, I've seen a lot of clients really go from like a place of harshness to, mm-hmm. to much better self-talk, um, both in sessions and reportedly like on their own. <laughs> and when they start to identify the, the painful thoughts and start to reframe them like that, what do you, it's sometimes I, when I work with people or even when I've done my own work on myself, when you pull out some of those thoughts that you're telling yourself and you write them down and you look at them, you go, wow, that was, 
really, really intense and mean. And in some ways it's kind of funny and doesn't make sense because it's so harsh. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is <laughs> a lot of that kind of is instilled in you at some point yeah. in, in your life. Um, so I think like identifying where that core belief comes from, because sometimes that's not you saying that those things, like that's, uh, mm-hmm. your dad or the narcissistic person that you were in a relationship with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Okay. So that, so CBT would be a great one. What is there any other, th- uh, therapeutic modalities that you like to use with people who are working on improving their self-talk and, and trying to create a healthy self-image? Yeah. I mean, it's not as much of a therapeutic modality, but I think just like that idea of positive psychology in general Mm -hmm. and um, using strengths-based approaches. uh, I do think that like individualizing um, care is really important. So like, I love that, that quote of like, if you teach a fish to climb a tree, it's going to spend its whole life thinking it's stupid. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And really carry that with me in like how, um, how I tell people what to do or Mm -hmm in terms of therapy, because I do think that like really taking what your natural and what your like built skills are and identifying like those areas, I think that's just super important. Yeah. And I love that. I've never actually heard that quote before, but it's, you know, speaking to, you don't want to compare yourself to other people. You want to look at what your strengths are and what makes you special as a person. And if you're really invested in thinking about what everybody else's perceptions are, or what everybody else's standards are, you're always going to fall short. Yeah. Yeah. It's Einstein. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this because we want to be confident. We want to recognize our positive traits and feel good about, our, about ourselves and have healthy boundaries and all of those great things. But I also uh, value the trait of, of being humble and being, you know, the opposite of what maybe a, a narcissist would be somebody who has empathy for other people's experiences and is curious and doesn't feel like they already know everything. So can you be both? Can you be humble and confident? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I think like that really brings up the aspect of dialectics, um, mm-hmm. which means that two opposing truths can coexist. Uh, so I do think it's definitely possible to be confident, but also willing to learn and accept like accountability or change your point of view when you're wrong. Um, I do think that those two things can definitely coexist. So how do you think, because we, and you mentioned this earlier, like how does culture really play a role in this topic about, you know, who gets to have healthy self-esteem or how, how we show up in the world? What do you, how does our culture influence us? Yeah. um, I've definitely heard clients from other cultures kind of talk about like valuing humility and not celebrating achievements. Um, While like American culture is really focused on competition and achievement. Um, So I think these differences in beliefs might really affect uh, like how cutthroat some people and industries are. Um, I remember like a teacher once telling me that like CEOs of large corporations might be like, the most narcissistic people, because it often takes that lack of empathy to make decisions to make more money, even though they might hurt people. Um, so, so I think it's a, a really interesting thing to add into the mix. Yes. I have also heard that same statistic about CEOs that you have to have a certain level or, or very high level of self-interest sometimes to not always, but to achieve those, those levels of success. And I think that you bring up another good point about, you know, American culture is very about the individual and the individual's achievements. And we kind of 
operate under this uh, illusion, really, that we are self-made and we do it all on our own and, you know, that that makes it okay to to do what it, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, while other cor- cultures are much more collective and they have very different ideas about boundaries. And even we're not even talking about narcissism. I've just, I've talked, I've worked with clients that come from different cultural backgrounds. The, the ideas that I have as an American um, about what appropriate boundaries are, are would not fit really into their culture because their culture is much more family oriented. There's their, ba- their boundaries with family and their community might even be a little more lax because they have a much more collective mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it's like also important to definitely like take that into account in, in those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about boundaries. You get to decide what yours are. Yours don't need to be the same as everyone else. It's about what makes you feel secure and safe. And, and that might, the context of that is different for everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that kind of goes into like working with couples where two members are from different cultures. I really Mm -hmm. like having this conversation with them because like in some cultures, it's totally normal to not have any of those boundaries and um, it it is a lot more normalized. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's about deciding what is healthy for you in your relationship or in the case of, like you said, with a couple for your partner Yeah, and finding that, that balance there. So because there's some confusion around this and sometimes people who are questioning if they can be more self-confident start to also question whether they're becoming too narcissistic, which I often tell people that ask me that question. If you're questioning whether or not you're a narcissist, you probably aren't because if yes. you truly were, you just wouldn't really care. So, um, but I'm, what are, are narcissists confident? Is that is that what a narcissist is is displaying as confidence? Do those coincide with each other? I would say that most of the time, like narcissistic tendencies stem from insecurity rather than confidence. Uh, I might not say that it's impossible for someone who's narcissistic to also be confident, but I think that most of the time, like that is not the case. <laughs> yeah. And that narcissism is really born out of like a a wound, that it's not something that comes from just having a healthy self-esteem, that it's usually an inflated sense of uh, self and ego that was born out of something probably very uh, traumatic happening, that there's Mm -hmm. like a deep sense of shame buried under a narcissistic personality. Yeah. But they are very good at not displaying that. No, they're always right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it's hard to see that there's not confidence there because they are so confident in them being right. But that is, and somebody with true confidence, as you mentioned earlier, is so secure within themselves that they don't need to hurt other people or prove other people wrong. And they can even have the experience of somebody with a different opinion than them, a, something contrary to what they think existing in tandem with their own opinion. They don't have to squash everybody. So that I think is one of the the key signs to look for. People who are really secure and have a healthy self-esteem can create space for other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we think about narcissists, what do you think? And we've talked we've talked about narcissistic abuse. We've talked about people who uh, come to therapy after having a relationship with a narcissist because it can be very difficult afterwards. So what is it? What is the, the what does narcissism do to the people around them? How does it affect the individuals that they interact with? Yeah. So I've worked with like a handful of clients um, who have grown up with narcissistic parents um, or been in narcissistic relationships. Um, so I think that it can have 
really detrimental effects um, to one's mental health. Um, those individuals that are victims, for lack of a better word, might lose their sense of self. They might not believe in their capacity to make decisions because they're often told that they're wrong. Um, they might feel like they're walking on eggshells and don't feel like they're capable of doing anything right. Um, I think that clients that I've worked with who have suffered intimate relationships or parent-child relationships often feel really traumatized and have unhealthy beliefs about themselves to work through in treatment. Yeah, because that is one thing that if you have, uh, if you're engaged with a narcissist, they're not going to accept your boundaries. They're also going to probably shame you for, for having boundaries. They might tell you that your opinions or your perception of the world is inaccurate, which can be very confusing for people, the gaslighting. Mm -hmm. um, so all things that you might need to work through after the fact, and that's a great reason to come to therapy. Yeah. Um, and I did want to mention, there's a couple books on this topic that I've heard of. I'm, I'm interested in gathering more. Um, I've heard that adult children of emotionally immature parents is a really good one. Um, and, and the more recent and less clinical, the like, I'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. Um, those are really ones that I've heard outline that this idea of narcissistic abuse. Good. Thank you for those, those resources. So one thing I talk to clients about when they are engaged in a relationship that's unhealthy and maybe their partner has high, high traits of narcissism or, or maybe they do have a personality disorder, but one thing you can gauge is how you feel in the interaction with that person. If it feels bad all the time, that might be an indicator that something is off and that you might be in a narcissist in a relationship with a narcissist. And on the other side of that, if you are in a relationship with somebody who is really confident and has healthy self-esteem, what do you expect people might experience? Yeah, uh, I would say almost the, the exact opposite. I think like individuals with confidence and healthy self-esteem often want the same for others. Um, they often foster growth in others rather than viewing life as a competition. Yeah. Um, so I think just getting to that main point of like confidence is kind and narcissism is not often kind. It's almost that simple. And somebody with confidence can validate a different perspective than theirs versus mm -hmm. trying to tell you that that you are wrong or that your sense of reality is not accurate. Well, Ashlyn, we are already out of time for today. This was a great conversation. If you want to get a hold of Ashlyn, if you want to work on building healthy self-esteem and confidence, you can go over to acrelighttherapy.com and see what times that she has av available for a complimentary consultation and see if she's maybe a good fit to help you work through your self-esteem issues. So Ashlyn, thank you for joining me today on Holding Ground. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.